Welcome to Permaculture Freedom Podcast. My name is Cody and I'm your host. This is a show about cultivating freedom in our lives so we can be our best self. Freedom to live a beautiful, regenerative lifestyle that inspires our families, our friends, and our community. To transform our lives and reconnect to nature within. It's a revival of our roots. Roots that run deep into the earth. We were born for this time. We were born for this time. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful journey. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to the show, Megan. I'm honored to have you here today. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I'd love to just get started and have you tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I, at the moment, I'm feeling as though the words that want to come to me are tender. I think I see myself as a tender of wild spaces, of plants, of animals, of my own heart, and a tender of others and caring for people because I deeply care for so many in my life and this relationship that we all have to the earth. What's your relationship to the earth? The earth is essentially the framework for how I live my life. So my relationship is everything. I think I base how I show up for any endeavor in my life surrounded within the context of how I show up for the earth, which is complete, utter authenticity. So sometimes that looks like anger, rage, or frustration, and sometimes that looks like beauty and awe and sadness. So just being able to show up in all the emotions, and the earth has taught me that she can handle it. Mm. Yeah. When did you start feeling this way? <laughs> this relationship with the earth and, you know, feeling that earth can handle your, your grief, your anger, your age. Has this always been a part of you since childhood or was this something that came about later in life? Well, it started when I was a child in the sense that I had what you might refer to as a sit spot. Um, If anyone's familiar with John Young and the Nature Connection, the Coyote Mentoring approach, uh, the sit spot is a practice of cultivating a connection to a specific place 
and just being, sitting there day after day and observing and watching and being present to whatever's happening in the moment. And as a child, I had a willow tree that in the lovely suburbs of where I dwelled, there wasn't many trees that really spoke to me. And this willow tree was gnarled and beautiful and reminded me so much of Pocahontas, <laughs> the grandmother willow, and being a child of Disney. Um, I don't say that lightly. That was a very <laughs> foundational part of my upbringing, um, Disney movies were. So I was very drawn to this tree and this idea of the tree being alive and the tree giving me advice and wisdom. And I remember talking to the tree. I remember talking to her about anything really, all sorts of random bits of information, ideas, struggles I was having. And I also was very intrigued by the dandelions that grew in my backyard as well. And the dandelions were also teachers in just their strength and resilience, even though they <laughs> were sprayed and <laughs> maybe treated not so gently. I was very gentle with them and very tender and they were beautiful and are beautiful. And those are the two plants that I remember being most enamored by are the two beings, the tree, the willow tree and the dandelion. And I think that I understood that there was a response that was being had by them. Like when I would share things, I, I could feel presence, I could feel support and that was a guiding force. And then as we do, you know, I say we because I feel as though my story is not um, that all that different from many of us who had that childlike joy and wonder when it comes to the earth and to nature. Um, you know, as we move through the world, other things grab our attention or become more important and our relationships to the earth aren't as nurtured. And I think I slowly, and perhaps abruptly, I mean, it, I think it was a quick shift into just this feeling of disconnection and disassociation and not really knowing who I was for, for many, many years. And it wasn't until I started really feeling into my pain, into my grief, and letting the universe essentially guide me a little bit more forward towards opportunities that were interesting to me, that I was feeling that tug on my heart, that pull, that curiosity again, that all these experiences happened to be related to 
learning about plants essentially or people connecting with plants or took place in landscapes and locations that were just beautiful and the people that were attending those spaces had a relationship with the earth so I started finding myself immersed in it once again just by showing up and I think it took a lot of pain to get me there a lot of confusion (laughs) so it's a it's something that once I rediscovered this innate connection and how much I was wanting to be witnessed and seen and how not a lot of the humans around me were able to fully do that for me in the way that I desired and seeing how the rediscovery of like flowers particularly I think have always been this area of incredible beauty for me in my life and just how reconnecting with the flowers again showed me that oh yeah this is what I need I just need someone to hold space in this way um or deeply witness this process that I'm going through and I you know I don't really want to necessarily burden the people in my life anymore with these big feelings and maybe the earth can take it and maybe then I can process in perhaps more bite-sized regulated chunks to then bring to the people I love and in a deeper sense of wisdom that I've acquired um and nature has taught me that It's interesting that you talk about the flowers because of the lessons that you can learn from, you know, the the beauty of a flower and the life and the growth of it, but also the death and the, the, the decay into the seed and the rebirth. And I'm sure you played with the dandelions when they were seeding out and flying in the breeze. Um... I'm curious to know more about what are some of those lessons? What is some of that wisdom that plants, trees, the natural world has taught you since, you know, being a child into your adult life? I think the biggest thing that is coming through is that the earth wants to connect with us Mm. and this is something that just feels very real um that this is something that everyone has access to in whatever ways that they choose but that it's present for us when we are ready and that requires I think this level of care as well and 
the idea that you're not just taking and taking and when I say like the earth can take our pain, you know, I think there's also that, that recognition that we have to be giving back Mm -hmm. as well. And so the earth has also taught me the power of showing up for myself and showing up for other people and tending and whether that be watering plants or weeding or planting seeds, Mm -hmm. um, you know, paying attention to what what you can do and what you can offer a space. I think that these are all lessons that can be recovered in our daily life and in the way that we tend to our relationships and to our own bodies. And so... Being a tender of earth really has allowed me to become a tender of myself Mm. and my body and my being because I didn't know what that looked like Mm. before I started really contributing in that way. Mm. And so there is some magic there. There is some magic in that relationship and... Again, I think we can all find it in our own ways with something, but there, there is a relationship with the earth that holds a very strong and powerful kind of magic that mm. I'm not sure if I've... Well, I've, I definitely haven't found it anywhere else. If anyone else has, I would love to hear about it because mm. of what it's really done for my life. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you to do something? Hmm. Can I ask you to just close your eyes for five seconds? And anybody listening, close your eyes if it's safe to do so. What do you think about that magic? What do you feel? What do you see? I feel held almost swaddled (laughs) (laughs) I just feel very comforted Mm. Mm. yeah is it the willow tree? I didn't picture the willow, but what maybe... What did you picture? Well, I'm hearing birds outside right now. And I... Just saw the color green, and I saw the birds flying, and the pileated woodpecker that we have come to befriend. <laughs> <laughs> so just the, the feeling of... Of being held in a space... So with that feeling of being held, that word held is very similar to the word healed. And, you know, part of what I wanted to talk about in this conversation is is health and healing. And I'd love to understand what 
healing means to you and what what does health mean to you Hmm. well healing is a process right it's um you're never completely healed it moves in a spiral so the way that I like to think of healing ways that I've come to understand it on a personal level are that we move through life in a spiral fashion. Um, So we take our journey along the spiral and we come to a certain point in time and there are some lessons to be learned at that time and we gain a little bit more strength, ideally, or more resilience with each time we pass through the spiral, each time we come back around along the journey mm-hmm. and you know that doesn't always happen either mm-hmm. and it's important to acknowledge that it doesn't follow any kind of linear pattern mm-hmm. even within the spiral there's never this clear yes I will learn my lessons yes I will gain the tools I need you know sometimes we have moments in life that throw us backwards and throw us into a state of complete surrender and Mm. I don't know anything anymore and that's also part of the healing process is the recognition of you can't possibly know what's in store for you um, what's going to happen you can only choose how to respond and I think health has a lot to do with that too Um, when we live in just a general, you know, state of caring for our health. So in caring for our bodies as well and working towards being in tune with them, you know, is a way that we can stay healthy is just by recognizing what's happening in our bodies, what shifts are going on Mm. when we're out of balance, when we're in balance, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. To me, I feel healthy when I am listening. Mm -hmm. And that way I give myself, you know, the grace of, compassion as well when you know my body isn't in balance or maybe I am having a harder time with something and I'm not taking care of my body in the most optimum way you know I don't think that's reality all Mm -hmm. the time I think with all the things that get thrown at us in the world we live in I think there's a lot of ways that we struggle with health and we struggle with maintaining you know whatever we deem to be optimum health and I think as long as I can have that awareness of why I'm doing something or what's happening then I can be sure that I'm taking care of what needs to be taken care of yeah and I think the same thing goes with just 
moving through life and engaging in the ways that we do as like an active part of healing. Mm-hmm. I think the more that we move towards these tugs on our heart, these nudges, these feelings act on what's calling to us, the more we can move into understanding and recognizing these pieces of us that want to be healed, that want to come back together. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, we all are in a place, I think, where we have a lot of healing to do, Mm -hmm. just simply based on the fact that we exist in a world that is this way. Mm -hmm. And you can ask me more about that, what Mm -hmm. I mean by that, if you'd like, but I think... I think we all feel that. (laughs) Most people feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, it's a process that we're all in all the time. And it really takes the slowing down, the listening, the paying attention to how we're feeling. Yeah. And the non-judgment, non-judgment mm-hmm. piece is crucial because it's so easy to look around and you know, see someone and say, oh, that's a healthy person or that's an unhealthy person or make these assumptions that, mm-hmm. you know, we have no true authority on what health looks like. Mm-hmm. I think in the plant world, we have these ways of looking at plants and, and saying, oh, that's a healthy plant or that's an unhealthy plant. And what do you do for that? You amend the soil, you give more water, mm-hmm. you allow them for more sunshine. You know, you have these remediation processes and, and we can do the same for ourselves. We can, you know, I think we're a little more potentially more complex because we have these I don't know. I mean plants have intelligence too, but what's the what's the human intelligence intelligence? I think we self sabotage a lot more perhaps than mm-hmm. a plant. <laughs> yeah. Um who who's to say, really? I don't have that scientific awareness of if plants are doing that to themselves or not, but I think there's Something about being human yeah. that requires a lot more presence in this process, or it can get really messy. Mm-hmm. Can I make a comment to what you were saying? Mm-hmm. It's a slight challenge to your perspective on this. And I just, you know, when you were talking about, um, you know, with people, we're not able to, to judge. Uh, health, right? That's part of the point you were speaking to. And I I would disagree. I know that, you know, we were talk- you were talking about plants as well and being able to judge plants' health, right? And, you know, there's that phrase in the Bible, judge a man by the fruit he bears or judge a person by the fruit they bear. And it's like, you know, and you're looking at plants and their ability to produce seeds or fruits um, to, you know, continue this process of life. You're looking at people, their ability to reproduce healthy offspring and, you know, their vibrancy in experiencing their presence, right? 
you can feel that, right? When you turn tune in to your sense. And I feel like that, you know, there's also that perspective of it too. But I think I also understand the point you're making about, you know, being locked in our head, judging what looks like health, as opposed to the intuitive side of what feels like health. Mm -hmm. Am I right in that? Yeah, absolutely. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about the environmental piece as well, mm -hmm. like how our environments inform our health. Yeah. And I think that humans have been removed from the most optimum environments yeah. that we are that we need to thrive and right. as anyone knows if you take a plant out of their <laughs> optimum environment like they don't do as well yeah and so for whatever reason we're able to live these lives essentially wondering why we're struggling yeah. and to some respect you know and if we look to nature to see how certain trees or plants or fungi are thriving, you know, like, why is that? And, and I think that that's another piece, too, that we forget about when we talk about health. Yeah. And especially in the world of mental health, mm -hmm. um, there's so much... I don't know, it's a challenge because I think there there is still stigma attached to it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's getting better, but and by getting better, I mean I'm seeing more people talking openly about mental illnesses and mm -hmm. mental health in general. Um, but yet we're still labeling kids with, you know, ADD mm -hmm. and <laughs> expecting them to pay attention in a classroom and sit still and sit down and shut up, you know, listen mm -hmm. to what this authority figure is going to tell you. And that's against nature. And yeah. really what they're having is, you know, nature deficit disorder. I mean, this is something that I'm seeing more widely talked about mm -hmm. finally. <laughs> and let's stop over diagnosing people and, yeah start looking to the root of these issues in the first place. And I think it has to do with our environments. Yeah. And that piece is huge when we're mm -hmm. talking about mental, physical, emotional health, you know, all the pieces of it. Mm -hmm. um, and looking at what environment we're living in yeah. and what we're surrounded by and who's feeding our integrated forest that we are a part of mm -hmm. and what nourishment are we receiving? Right. Yeah. I think that, that word health, you know, looking at the root of it and speaking to wholeness, right? Becoming whole healing. Um, when you're talking about the, the way plants or fungi or trees are, are thriving, you know, they're, they're not, compartmentalized they're not fragmented they're part of this web they're part of this whole system and you know when you're talking about you know kids in school and you know being separated from different aspects that 
might also be nourishing for them. You know, that that seems to be, you know, part of that, that symptom, right? And the nature deficit disorder, I mean, would you argue that a lot of people have nature deficit disorder? And it's showing up in the children? Yeah. I mean, I think we can make a generalized assumption that the way that most humans are connected to nature has shifted quite dramatically and people are not getting outside as much as they used to. I mean, there's so many things to distract us from that now. Yeah. And could I say something to that too? Mm-hmm. Well, about the getting outside. I mean, you know, where we live and, you know, around the upper Midwest, we, I think we've grown up exposed to a lot of people that do get outdoors in, you know, um, recreation, right? Recreation of things that humans used to do, right? Um, And I think it's, you know, for us, we've seen that and it's, it's, it's strange to think about people that grew up, you know, in, in the middle of a city somewhere and in a giant city that there really isn't that much natural space. It's more human-created space. Um, but I guess my point is, you know, if people are getting outdoors, it, you know, how, how do they take that to the next level of, you know, connecting in the way that you did with your willow tree or your dandelions or, you know, the way that you've connected. Um, what is, what is that next step for people? Cause you know, when we go on plant walks with, with different folks, you know, we talk about that great wall of green, right. And, um, you know, not really having a name or a face to all these different living beings around us. So what do you feel like, you know, for people getting outdoors, what is, you know, what's available to them as, as, as other steps they can take to, you know, tap into that? Something that I've always done that I never really related to, I guess, connecting, um, mm-hmm. is just wandering. Yeah. So walking outside without any agenda, without any particular mm-hmm. endpoint, and just letting yourself completely wander and letting your thoughts wander and letting things come to you. And that is a way that you start to notice new things in these places that you've always been. And in that wandering too, you know, doing it without any distractions as far as like listening to music or a Mm -hmm. podcast or talking with a friend, I think it is best done with just yourself and your thoughts Mm -hmm. and your awareness and taking a new route home from work or Mm -hmm. school or wherever you're coming from, um, walking somewhere you haven't walked before Mm -hmm. and moving through different places, Mm -hmm. just 
you know, that's one way to start developing the senses as well. Yeah. It's creating a more of a connection mm-hmm. to your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's so important and I would agree. I mean, it, it really is about the play of it. Right. And I think that's the connection for you connection for me and just about every person I talk to on this show is, you know, back to the childhood of that, that early connection of safety, of love, of security, of, of trust, of awareness of the natural world that it, it, it just, you know, it sticks with you through life. And I think both of you and I have deviated here and there on our journey, but keep coming back to this as, as our root, as so many more humans seem to be doing around us too. And it, and it gives us hope. Um, I, you know, speaking of natural health and, and you know, health in, in general and wellness, I would love to know, you know, what, what is it about health and, and wellness that attracted you? You know, was it a specific experience in your life with your own health or a, a loved one? What brought you to, you know, feeling so pulled to working in, in the health and wellness realm, both physical health and, and mental There's always been this searching within me of wanting to feel better, Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way I can put it, of always kind of knowing that how I was feeling wasn't how I needed to be feeling on a daily basis. And the quest to figure that out um it didn't really start until later in my teenage years but really what it took was a complete disregard for my body and my health and a complete essentially self-attack on my body I mean it it was I had no respect for what I was putting into my body and what I was allowing to happen to it. Mm -hmm. What, what it meant to be in a body, like nothing really was there in my awareness. I just abused it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that led to certain moments of severe pain and and struggle and ultimately surgery mm-hmm. a surgery that still wasn't clear as to what was going on even after it was complete mm-hmm. and so all of these missing pieces and these questions and different doctors with their opinions about what was wrong with me and having so many varied responses and realizing that I had completely lost control over 
my sovereignty of my body and my health. And I had outsourced everything and I had subjected myself to so many of what other people thought I should be doing for my body and for my health. Mm -hmm. And that awakening, I think, came from just being thrown into this complete (laughs) fear and surrender of like, I feel like I'm going to die. And coming out of that alive and, and recognizing that there were little things I could do and, Oh, nutrition. Okay. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I need to eat better food. And I think these were all just, all these pieces came together just by different people that I've met along my path. I think there's, I don't know how it happened, but just, you know, coming, finding myself working at a natural food store or suddenly I was working in gardens Mm -hmm. and the people that would talk to me about their work in natural health and Mm -hmm. with food and community and, oh, permaculture, here's something that is weaving together this beautiful world of people and caring for the earth Mm -hmm. and you know here we are here's ethics and things you can study and things Mm -hmm. you tangible insights you can have on this journey um my searching soul was thrilled (laughs) essentially and i think yeah i think it's just there was this point of initiation and kind of found my way through some dark times. Yeah. And I haven't really looked back since. I've just been on this ever-evolving journey with getting my health back mm-hmm. and listening to my intuition around my health and mm-hmm. consulting others when needed. And, you know, there are things in place for a very good reason And I'm so glad that I have the ability to kind of discern when I might need help or not. But I have this, this trust and it's taken many years to get there, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a beautiful thing to feel like I have some control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say to that, I mean, we, we talk a lot about outsourcing our power, outsourcing our authority and, you know, appealing to others authority. Right. And want to know what was your experience like in what would, you know, by most people be referred to as conventional medicine, conventional health care. Um, you know, that word conventional has been stolen, reclaimed, because as we know, conventional a hundred years ago was what we're talking about with natural health, with plants, which is where all these pharmaceuticals all come from, which I think a lot of people forget. Um, so, you know, what was your experience with conventional health in how did that shape you moving towards a, you know, a more 
natural perspective? I think it was a lot of um, a lot of just being given pills and being told you need to take this and you'll feel better. You need to take the shot or do this and it'll be okay. And just something in me didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I've always had. But at the same time, there was this pressure essentially of this will work. And I was desperate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but being a really sensitive person and taking certain things into my body. I mean, I was on antibiotics for years mm-hmm. for my skin, which, okay. So completely deplete your, you know, microbiome, your biome, your gut bacteria, mm-hmm. um, have clear skin. I mean, it's in recognizing later on, you know, okay, there are root causes to this and, It's not just a quick fix, and you can't just take a pill and have it all magically go away. And I so desperately wanted those quick results. And I was speaking to being really sensitive. I mean, even, you know, I was in really deep, right, in what I thought was best for my body Mm -hmm. at that time, and just listening to others tell me what I should be taking, and... But even all, through all that time, you know, taking these medications, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. There was always these intense pains or side effects or like mm-hmm. my legs would ache, my joints would ache, my body would ache. Yeah. And, you know, you can't just ingest things and not be eating well mm-hmm. or you know, taking care of your emotional health and having those people in community that can really be there for you and fill your cup and nurture you Mm -hmm. in ways that good friends and good family do Mm -hmm. do for you. And all of these things that were just not brought to my attention and it took me many, many years to understand Mm -hmm. why was I still sick? even through all of these things that were being pumped into my body. Yeah. Why are you still sick when your doctor's telling you exactly what to do and you're following that advice? Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody else's authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just... I mean, I feel like a completely different person mm-hmm. now, and that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. That I was, and and really like to no fault of my own, except for just having to do a lot of deprogramming and unraveling of what the system is and and all of those things. I think that's like a very, you know, much bigger topic. But I truly believed that. If I went and saw, you know, a professional doing certain things that if they gave me medication for that, that it would heal me. Mm-hmm. And I did not take responsibility on my own mm-hmm. to look deeper into that. Yeah. And 
I think it takes going through an experience like that or multiple experiences like that mm-hmm. to start to feel like, okay, this isn't right. Like I should be feeling better now. Yeah. You know, there's something missing from this piece and there's something bigger here. Yeah. Definitely. What's interesting when you think about, I heard not too long ago that the average doctor visit with a patient, you know, in a, in a care room is five to seven minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely less than seven minutes. And, you know, when you think about that and, you know, following advice of people that, you know, are busy and really can't really spend that much time to get to know you, your patterns, connect the dots, you know, they're not necessarily trained a lot in nutrition or, you know, mental health realms or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you know, to to work within this, this bigger picture. Um, you know, that ultimately is, is a problem. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about, you know, you moving towards these experiences with, with natural health. You know, what, what were some experiences that stand out to you that, that got you started down that path away from, you know, these uh, industrial, conventional, mainstream approaches? Yeah, and I just want to say, too, that I think it's so important that we have people doing this work and offering the care that they do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also really important for people that are wanting to feel better that they also do the work to dig deeper and ask questions and understand that they do have ultimate power of their own body. Like they have the ability to ask questions and get more information. And if that isn't presented to you, find someone who can give you those answers or find a way to intuitively feel into those answers for for yourself because we all need to start to understand that we have to play a role in our own well-being we do and you know i think it's really hard like, I had a hard time making the transition into natural health because I felt pretty alone mm-hmm. at first. I think it felt like everyone around me was not really aligned with my interests, or it kind of just felt like I was shifting identities so dramatically and mm-hmm. it was very intense it was a very intense process to yeah. kind of unraveled everything about myself that I thought I knew but since then I've been able to integrate a lot of the pieces and recognize that I'm still the same person it just there needed to be some rebirth yeah. <laughs> in my area of approaching this but with that Um, I really, I started just working with gardening and growing some plants and I had an experience with lemon balm at a garden that changed my life because I 
learned that I could eat the lemon balm, which was at the time, like, what do you mean I can eat this plant? Um, I mean, that's how far I've come, really. Like, that's blows my mind to this day. But regardless, didn't know I could eat plants, like, in that way. I thought it was just salad that you could eat from Did the store. Did you wash it first? No, I didn't wash it. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I didn't wash it. I was just told by a friend that I could, you know, chew it up, taste it, and see what happened. And it, and it was my first lesson in intuitive plant medicine. Mm. And when I cautiously placed the lemon balm leaf <laughs> into my mouth on my tongue and began to chew, I felt this opening in my heart and this warmth in my body. And at mm. first it was terrifying because mm. I thought something, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about this and I'm like, oh no, this is negatively affecting my body. Like I'm hurting myself. Like this is actually toxic or whatever. I just didn't trust the sensation at first. And, and after learning more about lemon balm and its affinity for the heart and mm it's care for the nervous system and I it was like a revelation like wow I could tell that it was having an effect on my body in this way yeah and when I relaxed and took a deep breath and realized I wasn't being poisoned or whatever I had in my head that it was going on I realized I felt so completely whole in that moment just so connected and then I just couldn't get enough I was tasting herbal medicines and putting plants in my mouth and in my water and (laughs) just like going for it Mm -hmm. um and learning and learning about them and trusting what they were teaching me Mm -hmm. I was addicted to it yeah and it's, it, can I say something to that? Yes. It's interesting that you're speaking to, you know, what, what, I, what I hear is, and what we experience a lot with people, the fear of nature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this relates to our discussion around, you know, pills in a bottle with a label that says this is safe and a doctor that says this is safe and government that says this is safe um, versus what's all around us and our own intuition or, or people that know that are really connected. And, you know, I what I thought of when you were talking about the lung balm is like that, that feeling you know, when you closed your eyes and you said you saw green and you felt it in your heart, it's like, maybe that's lemon balm. <laughs> lemon balm is very green. Yes. <laughs> and I think it also, it came back to that feeling of being held, like you talked about as a child, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it seems like you, you know, just like you're talking about with our health, with, with people, um, that can help us with our our health. We got to come 
at least halfway, right? Sometimes more than halfway. And I think you did that with the plant, with lemon balm, because after you tasted it, you know, you your heart stopped racing a little bit, you calmed down, and realized you were gonna, that you weren't gonna die. Quite the opposite, mm -hmm. right? So I just wanted to circle that back to what we talked about at the beginning of this conversation that feeling mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I think it's really interesting to recount these experiences in this way and I think if I told the story tomorrow it might come out differently as well as we're always shifting and <laughs> mm -hmm. all these nuances for where my energy is at right now at this moment but it's just interesting to picture myself I mean for y'all that are listening this was only four years ago five years ago that I first tasted and okay I've had lemon balm and tea before that but for some reason it's different when it's in a tea than when it's the live plant right in front of you I guess it must, it must have been <laughs> longer ago than that I don't know I I don't know but I'm just saying like how quickly things can shift and change and how how quickly we can find our place just by surrendering a little bit to to what's growing in our backyard and what's growing in these places that we live and and trusting that i mean obviously having some sense of what it is and not just like putting things in your mouth without knowing because yeah there are poisonous plants that exist so I just want to say that but yeah. there are ways to deeply drop in with something that's alive and in its pierced form and I guess what you mentioned with the pills too I just I just I don't resonate with pills and I know some people are okay with that and their bodies take that in and I, I need to taste it mm -hmm. for me to experience any sort of felt shifting in my body. Mm -hmm. I need to taste it in some form, whether that's tea or full plant or tincture. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I don't know. I think there, there's just something to an altered form in that way maybe it's just it's not as potent for me but mm -hmm. i know there's people who who um identify more with the pills too or it's easier it can be easier to you know swallow a pill than yeah. you know for time i guess the simplicity of time as well and time management and if you don't have time to make a cup of tea but i guess i would argue that creating that ritual and that space for yourself is it, the added benefits of that, you know, outweigh yeah. the others, mm -hmm. other things. So all that being said, I think that the form is also important. So finding like your form mm -hmm. of how you want to ingest um, a plant and what works for you, what resonates for you, has a huge impact on how it works with you in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, 
was going to say, I mean, you've, you've worked on front lines in uh, herbal natural health realm for a little while now. And, you know, you've worked at apothecaries and, and retail situations. And I think the, the factor that this comes down to in, in all of this conversation is that we, by taking more responsibility for our health, we're, we're practicing preventable, you know, care. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to prevent things rather than the reactive, short-term need a fast solution type of care, right? Mm-hmm. And when we get to that point, we're making decisions and acting not necessarily from our best place, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd love to hear what your experience was like working with people at different ends of the spectrum and, you know, your experience with you know, where people's understanding of the more of the holistic perspective that we're talking about about health was that yeah I think something that we always have to be careful with is in working with herbal medicine or more natural forms of healthcare that we're not just approaching it the same way as we would anything else so what I mean by that is um something that I've learned from the School of Evolutionary Herbalism and the folks who are on that is, you know, allopathic medicine versus holistic medicine. And we don't want to become, you know, allopathic herbalists in the way that we are just looking at plants for what they can do for us. And this plant is good for this. And I will take this when I am sick with this, you know, Mm -hmm. and... Instead, recognizing that there's all these complex patterns and connections and ways of creating a holistic profile. And we can't just look at plants as these, you know, things to take to help us with one thing and expect them to work immediately and expect quick results. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a matter of just consistently engaging and working in a preventative way, like you were saying, and building that strength in our bodies and, mm-hmm. and nourishing ourselves. Um, yeah. What does nourishment mean to you? Mm. Care. What does care mean? <laughs> what does it, care look like? Hmm. Well, for me personally, I nourish myself by checking in and... The solo time? Uh, yeah. yeah. So noticing kind of, I guess, when I wake up, giving myself that space in the morning to... Mm-hmm enter the world coming out of the dream state and entering into the waking state. So care would look like honoring that time as a magical time and integrating into the day and all that I have to do and checking in and 
deciding kind of what I need to shift my energy into a space of being present mm-hmm. kind of comes back to just being present and caring for my body in that way and how can I be most present right now how can I be most alive and most mm-hmm. in my body in my awareness so that I can show up for myself and other people because that's really what I want to do is be a vessel of love and a vessel of care for mm-hmm. others and that requires you know a certain level of checking in and doing that work yeah. and nourishment comes in many forms it comes in eating well it comes in sleeping as much as you need to Mm -hmm. which might be more than maybe you're used to i think sleep is very you know underrated Mm -hmm. as a method of care and nourishment Nourishment, and also surrounding yourself with healthy air, clean water, healthy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to health again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting I use the word healthy people, but I guess I'm thinking about just people who are who are filling you up in a way. Yeah. That not depleting you. Yeah. Um so just being really present with that. Mm-hmm. And what needs to shift and what needs space and what doesn't and yeah we talked about that concept a lot you are what you eat Mm -hmm. and you know eating is more than just food right Mm -hmm. it's the company we keep right Mm -hmm. it's all of those things it's the food it's the water it's the energy it's the the media we consume the news we choose to listen to it's you know all of these different aspects the jobs our livelihood oh yeah turn off the news (laughs) <laughs> that's how I care for myself <laughs> I, now more than ever yeah <laughs> just turn it off I mean you don't need it you don't and if someone wants to argue with me about why you need it let's you know go for that let's do it but unless get you just outside. need more fear in your life then maybe that's where you can find it yeah oh yeah I'm calling in more fear for my day turn on the news (laughs) i know where to go for that yeah for sure it's it's just there's a lot of noise out there and i think that's another another piece to all of it is is like when you're when you're like in deep care you seek out less noise yeah because it just it's a natural natural thing but not all the time either I mean I think that it's important to recognize too that again life is cyclical and we are cyclical and maybe there are some times where you just want to kind of have more chaos around you and and enjoy the beauty in that as well um so but I think a state of being Mm -hmm. like a natural state of being coming out of that coming back to that levelness is important um so having that baseline Mm -hmm. so that you can go off and you know get silly and welcome in colorful experiences and Mm -hmm. new people and high energy wild times but you have your your point Mm -hmm. of coming back to yeah 
yourself. Yeah. So, does that make any sense? <laughs> it will. It will. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. And I'd love to start closing this beautiful conversation, which is going to lead to many more deeper conversations together. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things we touched the surface of, especially going in deeper into natural health, wellness, herbalism, more specifics in different areas that you want to share about. It'd be wonderful. But I want to segue to speaking about this show. You know, it's called Permaculture Freedom. I talk about ways of cultivating freedom in your lifestyle to live a creative livelihood and positively transform your community. I'd love to know what does freedom mean to you in your life? Freedom is having the ability to express and flow with what is. For me, it's feeling as though I have a voice and I have opinions that I can share and ways I can move through the world that are aligned with my greater mission. And if you want to ask what my greater mission is, I think I'm still uncovering that. Mm, aren't we all? <laughs> but it feels, it feels good. It feels like, right now, it feels like play. It feels like the freedom to be weird. And the freedom to be joyful mm-hmm. in times of great despair. Mm-hmm. I mean... Radical. Oh, giving yourself permission to feel joy in times of deep sorrow. Mm. And pessimism. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I think maybe a few years ago I would have said, nope, can't feel joy right now. I'm not allowed to be happy. Yeah. Not allowed to go there because things are really dark and heavy and I need to be in that space and I'm recognizing that it's really important to to cultivate that freedom, to cultivate that ability to find those pieces of pure joy and connection yeah. I mean, I think I could talk about this topic for a really long time. Ask me tomorrow. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you, Meg? <laughs> uh, um, what's next for me? I have a lot on my heart and mind right now. I'm in a space of great transition and a lot has shifted in the past few days 
And so I expect that what's next is a lot of listening, a lot of witnessing myself and where I'm at and working on some secret projects, perhaps, if I feel inspired, that I feel as though I'm moving into this space of greater clarity and speaking to what I'm excited to bring to the world mm-hmm. in a very true, heartfelt, authentic way. So it's exciting. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely hurting quite a bit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's going to take some time. But the vagueness is there yeah. on purpose. Yeah. And I think I'm the looking mystery. forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to exploring that. Yeah. Mm. So there's a permaculture principle. Mm. Obtain a yield. What would you like folks to yield from this conversation? Mm. I would like people to remember their power to remember their ability that they have to live in truth and cultivate deeper awareness with their soul and what wants to be lived through them Mm. I want people to listen to the earth to get outside Mm. to tend to something living yes and create something out of intensity Mm. and maybe your creation is Creating more space for rest. Yeah. Creating more space for yourself, for your family, for the people you care about. Yeah. Maybe it's creating a project or Mm -hmm. a new idea. Maybe it's creating life. Mm -hmm. What will you create? Yeah. Tending that inner garden. Mm -hmm. That inner soul. So for folks that resonate with your voice and your story in this conversation, how can we support you? How can they support you? You can follow me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm most active there at Megan Ray Wild. Um, That's Megan, M-E-G-A-N, Ray, R-A-E, Wild where I will be sharing more of what's on my heart these days and creating potentially more offerings. And so that's a really great way to connect with me personally. Also through another Instagram account, Living Hearth. Um, That's our homestead and where we share about 
our journey as earth tenders and humans in relationship to earth and revitalizing this land Mm -hmm. and this culture of earth honoring ways. And so that's a great place to learn more. And um, I have a podcast. It's called (laughs) Hearth Speak. So you can listen to that, subscribe, and leave a rating or review. Helps get these folks' voices out into the world. We explore conversations much like this um, with just our visions, our dreams, how people tend to their heart and their work and storytelling. Mm -hmm. So those are really the best ways. Um, Much more to come. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Megan. Really appreciate you being here and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was wonderful. enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it you can do three simple things right now one you can subscribe to permaculture freedom podcast if you haven't yet number two you can leave a short review for us on itunes and third share this episode with a person in your life you think would enjoy it too thank you i really appreciate your support until next time take care my friend